there. Welcome to the Wife Spiller Podcast. We are your hosts, Chelsea and Charity. We're here to talk about life. Yep, that's right. Happiness, God, love, and a tad bit of gossip. So get comfortable, grab something to drink, and a warm blanket as we get cozy and unpack all of life's greatest challenges, surprises, and victories. So... As stated earlier in our podcast today, um, I told you guys I was going to bring a, another special guest on by popular demand. Um, we're going to bring my brother back from his podcast, Talks with Tea Time. Tony, how you doing today? Doing good, man. I appreciate you having me on today, Chelsea. No problem. So um, today our topic is on mental health, um, as I discussed, and I kind of wanted you to come on, Tony, to kind of bring us a male perspective um you know so to charity and i we to recap kind of talked about how women support their spouses that are going through mental health how we juggle mental health in the workplace at home Mm -hmm. um and some of the things that challenge us emotionally um tony what are some of like the taboos or i guess like some of the unforbidden things that men feel or talk about in relation to mental health yeah I think especially here lately um I would say probably within the last like five or so years here it's became more um I guess like it's not hit no more that guys have feelings Mm -hmm. and also as well they struggle with mental health so a lot of times growing up like I said we were all kind of talked to man up keep everything to yourself don't say nothing if you feel some type of way and just take all that in. But really, if you think about it, that's really not a healthy way to live life. Um, so like I said, probably like within the last like five years or so, there's been a shift in the change of the culture and how now people are seeming to be more open to talking about mental health, especially in a men's perspective. Um, with me personally, and what was the question again, just so I can make sure I'm answering it kind of correctly. Yeah, I know I had a long question. No, you're fine. But, um, no, I was just saying, like, what are um, what are some of the ideas that are like taboos? Like, for instance, let me give you an example. A lot of men in in different ethnic cultures believe that it's bad to go see a therapist. Okay, which what most what people say. Now. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah, that's okay, yeah. That's but you were answering it. You yeah, were yeah. Answering it so yeah, let me continue on. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure I was on the right path before I kept going. But yeah, yeah you kind of just hit on it. Like, especially growing up, I think now and still now, like even people think about going to a counselor and it's like they are basically saying, okay, something's wrong with me. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not right or something like that. There's nothing wrong with sitting down and going to talk to somebody. Like, that's my personal opinion. Like I said, I date somebody that is a counselor at a school. But, you know, so I kind of can understand more before I met my current girlfriend, I was kind of the same way. Like I ain't going to sit down and open up and talk to somebody that I don't know about my mental thoughts and things like, such as that. But I think it's actually effective to do so. Now, once again, let me go why back. do you think? I sorry, I don't mean to cut you go off, ahead. but you just had like a huge like eye opener for me mm-hmm. because I like to get men's perspective as well mm-hmm. in dealing with my husband and my father and you. Mm-hmm. And like, why do you think? That is that because it's I'm I'm not gonna say all men. I'm sure there are men that go to counseling right. willingly, but 
why do you think that is that most men they automatically think like I'm not going to talk to somebody about my problems like what where is that coming is it a pride thing or like what is it there's a few internal things that well external too as well there's about there's a lot of factors but I'll give you three main factors the main factor is probably society right Mm -hmm. knowing that we've grown up to you know men are always supposed to man up don't let nothing bother you don't you know we are always taught that from the day we're born so Mm -hmm. it's kind of that's one thing it's just society in general is the problem that a lot of people do not like to talk about Mm -hmm. what's going on in their life second you hit it on the nail pride men are Mm -hmm. prideful people why do you think men do not go to the doctor as much as women because men want to sit up here and just say I'm fine, I'm fine, ain't nothing wrong with me, I'm fine. That well, persona of needing to be like strong. Exactly, you know? and that and that goes back to society. All these things really link back to society that I'm saying. It goes, mm-hmm. everything I'm saying right now goes back to society because we are taught from the day you are born, if you're a man, that you're supposed to be this superhero that doesn't have any feelings, you don't let nothing bother you, and you just see unfazed, and it's just not mm. realistic. It's not realistic, especially once again. I hate to bring race into it, especially in the black community. You're talking yeah, no, to be it, like, bring oh, it. Yep, I'm okay. I've seen people my age get killed in my neighborhood, and that's nothing. It's just a regular day in the hood. Like, that is traumatic. Yeah. Like, yeah, we don't talk about that enough in our community. We've seen, I know, as a, as a young African American male. We've seen people get killed on camera by cops. Do you not yeah. think everybody that has seen that should be going to see a counselor? That is a traumatic experience. So when you think That's about it like true. that, it's, it all goes back to society and men having to act tough. I'm going to tell you now, man, I have emotions. I'm probably one of the most emotional men on this planet and I ain't scared to say it because that's who I am. But I think that in America and in society, period, really, I don't even think that's just an America thing. It's a flaw that people just think if you're a man, you don't have a, you don't need to be complaining about nothing. You don't need to be, you know, in your feelings about anything. You just need to be strong Mm -hmm. and just fight through it. So to answer your question, that's why people, uh, that's why men especially don't go to counselors and things such as that because of pride, because of society. And I also would say because of the way people would look at you. And that mm-hmm. and that goes back to once again society. People are yeah I, I can't even it, say no reason to be secretive about it. If you're going to see a counselor, there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that's yeah. the negative connotation that's put on people is that if you go see a counselor you, you're weird or you're wrong or you're going through some mental depression or something like that so I think those are the three factors that's kind of contributing to that I think too like you you brought up so many points I hope I can cover all of them but um and thank you so much for being completely yeah. honest and opening up the floor that's what this podcast is mm-hmm. for but to get back to the topic um I think our society and our culture as an American culture, and I've heard actually from other cultures as well, other people from other countries, but it's funny, like, even, like, couples going to therapy, 
unless it's like premarital counseling, like you making sure that you actually are ready to marry this person mm-hmm. and accept everything. Like it's such a taboo. I remember growing up, you know, in the nineties, in the early two thousands and overhearing adult conversations at my church or, or wherever and adults saying, you know, hey, Jimmy and Jasmine, they're in counseling. Yeah. You know, and it was, like all, it was a bad they're thing. In counseling. They're in counseling. And then the kids are like, my parents are getting a divorce, mm-hmm. you know. And it yep. <laughs> and it's like, it's so funny to talk. And, and maybe it's where we grew up. Cause you know, we grew up in a very small town in South Carolina, mm-hmm. down south, right? And it's such a to me, I just remember hearing that, like, and I remember automatically as a five, six-year-old child saying to myself, if I get married and I get to the point to where I have to go to counseling, my marriage is about mm-hmm. to be over. Correct. And that, and that's, I think this culture, much like how in the female black culture, we're switching everything with the natural hair movement. I think we're, there's a mental health movement coming now because now people are starting to say it's okay to go as a preventive thing. Right. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's okay to just, so I think, I think that's very interesting to one of your points that you said. And then another thing too, is like you, you touched on being like, a black American, African American, what whatever have you, and and you know, as a male, feeling the need to be strong. It's so funny. Um, we, we, for us black females going into the workplace and stuff, um, we have to be very careful mm-hmm. about our emotions. Even me, a corporate America person, I have to be careful even what I say on the podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's 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 such a we're so afraid of like looking bad uh-huh. because if you know I remember specifically I'll you know give a brief story but I was in a particular job and there were quite a bit other um, African-American females on in that department with me and if I would get upset about something I was dealing with that day like everyone would and all the females that were black would you know, laugh at me and tell me to toughen up. Like, and then they would begin to, to, you know, antagonize me mm-hmm. because it was then like, okay, she's weak mm-hmm. because she's speaking up. She's saying this is abuse. She's saying she's upset. So let's go after her. So I don't even think it's necessarily like always pride or like society. I really think that other people put pressure on other people Uh to act a certain way and for me I remember that it's like no this is my personality like exactly I'm not the kind of person that can just boggle it in when something is upsetting me that's just I try the best I can to you know I always stay professional and everything but it's okay to cry. And it's like in African-American culture for those people that are listening that are, that are not of African-American descent, it, a lot of people don't know it's, it's, we don't really get to cry in public. I remember being on a really tough job and just going through a ton of mental health challenges on that job, just from the stress and the anxiety of it. 
And I remember getting to my boiling point and literally taking a 50-yard dash to the bathroom because I didn't want anybody seeing me cry. Yeah. I mean, it, it happens. And to go back to the beginning of what you were saying about, like, being careful about stuff, especially as an African-American woman. For one, um, one thing that I know, and I, I say this all the time, African-American women are the most unprotected people on this planet Earth. There is no debate about it. There's no question about it. For one, and it sucks because they don't deserve to be. They are the most, you guys are literally the most unprotected people on this face of Earth. Like, because for one, you guys get stigmatized with this, oh, black girls got attitude, so as soon as something happens... You know, she might blow up or whatever the case may be. And that's, yeah. and that's another, once again, everything that we're talking about goes back to society. Like everything yeah. that we're talking about goes back to that main thing. The way everything is set up sucks. It's just what it is. It sucks. <laughs> like there's no other way around it. But um, to go on to what you were just saying about, you know, the females and joking on you and stuff like that. I can tell you one thing I will say is that, and this goes back within the mental health, but I'm kind of take a little ring around the rosy here, but it's going to tie back in the mental health. I promise you. As no, African no, go for American it. individuals, we got to do better about also bringing each other together and stop competing mm-hmm. against each other because the world is already competing against us. We're already yeah. competing against everybody else. What is the point of us competing within ourselves? That makes no sense. Like, it just makes no sense. But the reason I'm about about to tie it back into mental health, I promise you, the reason that that is happening, and I'm going to bring it back in a whole round here, the reason that that is happening is, you know what, those same girls that were joking on you and doing all that, they're the same one facing those same exact demons that you were facing that day. The mm, only thing different that is a word. The only thing different is they aren't showing it there. They're going home and crying. They're going in their cars and crying. They're going to their mom and calling them crying every day after work. That's the only difference that was between you and those girls. At that moment, you would snap. But they were doing it later on when they got out on, off the clock or whatever the case may be. Besides that, they were no different than you. And that's why they tried to pick on you in that circumstance because they knew, man, I'm going through the same thing. Most of the times, people want somebody to be basically struggling with them, going through the same thing, but they're not going to come out and tell you that or show you that. So, therefore, it all ties back to mental health because they Mm -hmm. are probably struggling with the same thing you were. They were struggling with the same thing you were nine times out of ten. And they just didn't want to come out and make that public. And that was the only difference. Yeah. So to me personally, it's 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 really all of this stuff ties back to just society, man. That's just that's really what it is. It's jacked up, it's not right. And I'm glad that now people are starting to see, okay, this is jacked up that we are not taking our mental health as serious. I'm glad. I'm glad that the movement has started in the last, like I said, three to five years that people are starting to realize it's okay to go to counseling. You're not some crazy freak if you got to go to counseling. You're not in the wrong if you got to go to counseling. You don't have to feel like it's a secret that you're going to counseling. It's not a Mm -hmm. bad thing. So I'm glad that now, especially with the age of social media, 
I'm kind of glad that now it's a little bit more open. Like a lot of people are not yeah. just closed off to social, like counseling and stuff like that. So I'm glad that that has happened. And that's also been because of the help of social media. So social media is mm-hmm. not bad for everything. Right. So I'll give social media that. And I think too, um, I think that you and I and, and probably charity, or of course charity as well, we are very in tune with our emotions. You have to because be. Because a lot of stuff comes along with your upbringing. Mm-hmm. See, a lot of people that look like us we're not raised in the same type of environment, you know, Mm -hmm. and you remember dad would always tell us growing up, there's a difference in black people, you know, Mm -hmm. there's a difference in all people. I'm not just, I don't want to make this a, you know, black, 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 black. you know, but cause I know there are a lot of different people that listen to our podcast and, and I actually want to hear other people's perspectives as as well on this, which charity talked about in the previous um, earlier in the episode. But anyway, um, I think with us, our upbringing was to be very in tune with our emotions, mm-hmm. and our parents were asked, you know, how does this, how did that make you feel? What, what happened at school to make you cry? Like, what? It wasn't, you know, shut up, be quiet, sit down, right? Get cursed out, ignore how you feel, laugh at you, pick at you, because I think a lot of people in certain types of ethnic, I'll say less highly impoverished neighborhoods. Yep, I was just about to say, yeah. Look, this is a podcast, okay? If I offend anybody, I'm sorry. But it's very prevalent in the ghetto where they are not, they had to be tough because like Mm -hmm. you said, they're seeing people get shot, Mm -hmm. black crimes, police officers shooting them, them shooting police officers, killing police officers. Mm -hmm. You know, they've seen that, so they had to be tough just to make it. So they kind of bring that into the corporate America environment. And it, it's a little frightening it for is. people like you and I, because we're like, wait, we're told we can trust everybody. Like we went to church every Wednesday and Sunday, like, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> you know, and, and that's the thing too, is there are a lot of times and honestly, most times when it comes down to my emotions and certain things that I deal with, I actually identify more with other people who are of a different race than me, you know, Mm -hmm. whether that be white, Indian, Arab, Asian, you know, I, there are times when I identify more with them because I didn't necessarily have to have that toughness. And I was, it was always okay for me to talk about my mental health issues. It never got ignored. I can honestly say that about our family. Uh, my mental health was never ignored. It was always on the table. Yeah. No, I agree. And, and you know, like I said, this is the podcast. I'm going to be straight up with you. I agree with everything that you just said. Um, because in those impoverished neighborhoods, you are taught to basically forget your feelings. It don't matter about none of that. Forget all that. And that is a problem because those kids grow up to be adults and guess what they're teaching their kids forget all that don't do that don't don't worry about that why you crying for man up that's what they're teaching their kids so this is a a never-ending cycle and i'm gonna bring up another point and I, i like how you talked about sometimes you identify with other cultures i'm gonna step on some toes with this one and people probably not gonna like what i say but you know what i don't care 
bring it it's a word <laughs> this is how I feel about what you just said and I agree to that to a certain extent and here's why what is one of the main problems I hate to make this like a black thing today but I just have to bring it up why do you think that you sometimes identify with other I just want you to give me just a vague answer why do you think sometimes you identify with other cultures more than when, when it comes to this type of stuff like emotions and stuff than our culture I mean, do you want me to be honest? Yeah, I want you to be honest. Correct. Social class. Okay, that's one thing. I, I agree with that. That's one of them. I, I really do. I think the neighborhood that you, the types of neighborhoods that you come up with, and and not even necessarily, not to take over your point, mm-hmm. but not even necessarily like, I'm not here to be like, oh, I grew up in a predominantly this neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I'm not here to do right, that. Right, 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 right. Down. But even in America, in uh, Charlotte, for instance, there are a lot of different cultures in middle class. Mm-hmm. Correct. So, yeah, that's why I say that. Another thing, especially, and I think it depends on the experience. And I say this, and this is going to rub people the wrong way, but I don't care. Once again, I'm going to tell you the reason why you may identify, and I could be completely wrong, and if I am, that's fine. I, but I, I, this is how I feel. I feel like sometimes you may identify with other cultures and in our instance is because let's be real Chelsea and I hate to bring this up toes here how many people in our culture were grew up with one parent let's be honest here give me a percentage roughly mm. <laughs> I I know I'm not laughing I'm not I'm not laughing out of like to be making to be laughing. I'm, I'm laughing people's because it's the truth. Yeah, I uh, would let's say just let's just every bit of this might be stereotypical. Seventy five percent of African American households are parented by one parent. Correct. I would say roughly probably around that same right because I, and I'll be honest, and this comes with growing up in a city. And when I was growing up, you want to know about. Out of my friends, I would say about 10% of them grew up in, in a two-parent home. That's about very 2%. true. Yeah. Now, when we talk about other cultures, most of them are growing up in two-parent homes. Let's just That's be true. honest. That's yeah. part of the problem of why you relate more to them because maybe their parents taught them about being in tune with your feelings. But once again, that goes back to African-Americans mm-hmm. sometimes in those one single-parent homes being through so much traumatic and trauma and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It goes back to that one parent home thing as well. I, I'm not trying to be judgmental against nobody yeah. that has a one parent home. You you are beautiful. You are perfect. You are amazing. I don't want to make it seem like I'm coming on here ragging people. Yeah, that come from a one parent. Because my but you're just stating facts home. about commonalities. So, exactly. I mean, that's my point. Yeah. That's the point I'm trying to get to is the commonality aspect. And this we- is this is not at all to put single parent families down Damn, I, exactly I yeah that's what i wanted to make that clear too one single parents that first of all it's not just single mothers sometimes it's single fathers but i know a lot mm-hmm. of single parent homes where the mom and dad the mom you know rose up and she became better and she became mm-hmm. in touch with her mental health and her kids went on and did mm-hmm. great things with their life and then there are some people who grew up from a no parent home and mm-hmm. became doctors and lawyers and, and yep. they're in touch with their mental health so 
this is not to say that people from single parent homes are disadvantaged. Yeah, like they're not going to be anything in life, right? We're not saying that at all. We're speaking of, as Tony said, the commonality. You know, is thank you. Is that you know? And I, I could see. I definitely could see that. I could definitely see that being true. Now, another thing I wanted to ask you too, um, what do you think like some of the effects and not to switch gears here, but we are going to move over to the next part of the episode. What do you think like some of the effects of like social media on our mental health? And I really want to hear a Mm. male perspective because I know female is mostly like clothes and body image. So for males, I mean, you would be surprised, but it's not really much different. Um, really? For me, perfect. To me, to be honest, we live in this society. And we talked about this in the last podcast I was in. We live in this society of we got to flex. We got to show off. We got to do this. We got to do that. For men, and this is just my personal opinion, I think our thing is like money, stability, Having that power. That's another thing. Um, Because women are attracted to power. Exactly. And even if you're married or in a committed relationship, you still want to look as if you are already fulfilled because that's still attractive to the opposite sex. Bingo. Why do you think people, and, and to bring up that point, why do you, and that's why when Aisha Curry said that comment about the whole you remember back in the summer when she made that <laughs> comment about you know I don't feel wanted or whatever or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. That's why I didn't get mad at her like that because that's human. Listen, that's I... human. That's human to feel like that. Honestly, like after you sit about after you sit back and think about it, why do you get on Instagram? Why do you post pictures on Instagram to get likes? Correct. Wait, let me tell you something though. <laughs> Charity is gonna be mad that we didn't put her in this episode. But um, let me tell you something. I was actually applauding Aisha Curry. Y'all can throw her under the bus all you want to. I was applauding Aisha Curry for her comments on that because all she did was get up there and state facts. facts. Exactly. Anybody who is who who is in a long term relationship, you may love that person with all your heart. You would never, ever, 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 ever step out on them. Right. Correct. You would not even think about stepping out on them. Mm-hmm. But you want to know you still got it. Everybody want to know they still got it. Correct. I, there's even times for me and I got married. You know, there are times for me where I'm working out, you know, I go look at myself in the mirror. I'm like, yeah, man, next time we go on vacation this summer for my honeymoon, I'm going to be turning some heads. You know, it that is just normal. And I think social media yep. brings that out. I didn't, sorry, I didn't mean to cut mm-hmm. you off, but you got me with Aisha Curry. <laughs> yeah, no, because I'm just saying, because a lot of people ragged her for that and say, oh, she's trying to cut out on her man. And at first, I was kind of like that. I was like, man, why is she trying to look impressive? But then when I actually watched the interview, because it was on the red talk table um, mm-hmm. with Jada Smith and all of them, when I actually looked at the interview, she wasn't saying like, oh, I want other men to hit on me or nothing like that. She just wants to know she's still beautiful and people, other people think she's beautiful. That's all she wants. Obviously, she knows her husband thinks she's beautiful. She gets that. But that's like your parents telling you you're beautiful. You, they're yeah. supposed to tell you that. Like, <laughs> but when it comes from somebody else. 
it's like, okay, this is great because somebody else that doesn't even know me like that or we don't have that close of a connection, even if it's a, a friend or something like that that says, man, she's beautiful or man, he's, you know, a handsome guy, whatever the case may be. Like, you cannot say that that doesn't play a role in things. And sometimes so, you just want to, like, compliment the person you're with, too. Exactly. And another thing, too, as far as, like, Steph Curry. Um, and see, that's why I'm glad I got you on the podcast today, because you bring mm-hmm. in sports and men. But anyway. Correct. Um, the thing about Steph Curry is he is one of the best players of our decade right now. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows he has groupies. Exactly. You know, women are getting I mean, thrown at him I'm in every city he's in. Cutting out with them, but I'm right. pretty sure there are women who are after him. You know, every city he goes to, probably groupies sitting there watching him at the game and stuff in in very revealing clothes. Mm-hmm. And and it's not just Steph Curry; they want anybody on that bench, you know. But right. the thing is, is like from a female perspective, if you know that your significant other is getting that kind of attention too, there is a certain part of you that could tend to want to match that. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I'm not going to step out on you, but hey, if you ever mess up, just I somebody you feel up exactly. with you know, exactly. it's, it's, a, it's more of like a I don't want to say a card game, but it's a way. It kind of is in a way, though. Yeah, it's a way that we like to protect ourselves in security. I've heard Mm -hmm. a pastor, I don't remember which one it was, uh, maybe Uh, T.D. Jakes or somebody, but they said that women want love and men want respect. Yep, And that's the thing is like in relationships, men want, you know, respect they want you to respect their place they want to know that they're the man they're the provider they're bringing home the bacon they're macho and we want security we want to know that we're going to be taken care of we want to know we're loved we want to know that this is a secure place for our children or our future children so a lot of mental health plays in that because a lot of the thoughts that we think when it comes down to social media and the opposite sex is wrapped around security and respect. Right. And see, that's why I'm glad that you brought up the fact that men want power. And that's why I brought in the fact that men want to know that they are dominant. And that's why on social media, people want to know, the men want to know that I have more power than this person. I have more money than this person. It all goes back to what you just said. Now, all plays a role in social media. All of it does. It's a Guys little scary when, when you like, think about it. It's a little yeah, scary because it is. I remember being in biology class growing up, and they always showed us these documentaries and stuff about things and traits that the opposite sex look for in each other for a mate. And mm-hmm. it's, it's just like being out in the jungle and you hear like Darwinism and like um, survival mm-hmm. of the fittest. Mm-hmm. And Correct. it's so weird to see that be like played out. In played out. Mm-hmm. And that really affects our, 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 our mental health because you're constantly saying like, Am I pretty enough? You know, do I have yep. enough money? Am I ever going to be noticed? Am I am I important? Am I significant? Like, am I fulfilling my other person? I'm like, man, look at that house she has. She made it. You know, she her kids are going to grow up so much better than mine. Oh, that's her zip code. Oh, you know, 
as a woman, all those things go through our head. And we can try to sit here and put on our little mascara and our and our hair extensions and right. act like and our castle earrings and act like those things don't go through their heads. But we all know they do. Right. I mean, yeah, like I said, I agree, man. Like I said, I think most of the time with social media, man, it's a big competition. Let's just call it what it is. It's a big competition all the time. All the time is some type of we got to flex to show that we're doing something better than you. It's just a big competition sometimes, man. Now, don't get me wrong. Like I just said, social media does have some bright things about it, but it also has some negative negative things about it as well. And that's one of them. That is just a big competition, man. A lot of times, people are just trying to flex, and you know. And for you guys that don't know what flex means, that basically means show that I'm doing good in life, basically. Yeah, and you know, not even just necessarily like money. Just people mm-hmm. wanting to look like they're the best mom, like just yep. baking mm-hmm. baking cookies from a wife filler perspective baking cookies and putting it on I'm taking my kids social you know trick-or-treating I'm doing this I'm you know it's always something you know but um, my last comment that I wanted to make in regards to social media and mental health is you know I actually had a time I think that was earlier this week um as I was telling you on the last podcast Tony I've been taking a break from social media Mm -hmm. and I'm cleansing right now and I clicked on it for something I don't know somebody wanted to send me something and um I clicked on Instagram and I've you know I'm transitioning right now back to North Carolina and you know there's a lot of things going on with me and I finally got myself in a good headspace mm-hmm. and got like normal and I clicked on social media and there was this guy standing there with shades on and beautiful blue sea it looked like he was out in like Hawaii or somewhere like that mm-hmm. and I exited right back off that app because yep. I said I don't have time for this today yep it's a it's big competition amazing. you can click that you just barely tap that button yep and exactly automatically it changes the way you perceive yourself and your mental health correct so Tony um I kind of wanted to ask you um and charity, you know, touched on it a little bit, but how do you think, and I know we talked about it from my perspective, how do you think like mental health plays on men in the workplace? I know you guys have to appear to look even stronger at work mm-hmm. because that's the place where you're actually providing. So right. like, how does like your workplace, workplace stability, workplace stress, you know, workplace social environment affect your mental health from a man's perspective? Yeah, I think a lot of times, like you just said, since that's the place, you know, you make your income for a living, it's even rougher on you. And then most of the times, like, it's always expected for men to do more. Like, just that once again, this goes back to society. It's always been kind of placed upon us that men can do more than women, even in the workplace. That's why in a lot of states, they're changing it now. But a lot of people don't know this. Most of the time, men get paid more than women. Yep. And it's just because of that stigma of, well, he's a man, so he can probably do more. And it's been like that forever, basically, until, like I said, recently, now they're putting, you know, they're implementing rules and things such as that Mm -hmm. to kind of help that out. But it's almost like an extra burden for the men too, because now you're getting paid more. So guess what? They're going to expect more from yep. you. 
So you have to put that into perspective. And like you said, you definitely can't be at, and I've noticed this because I've had my own experiences. You definitely cannot show a bit of emotion um, in the workforce as a man. You just can't. Yeah, it's I've just, never seen a man cry at work. You can't. Of all you the can't jobs do it. I've been on, I've never seen one cry. Not even if they had a family member to pass. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's literally like it's like a, a unwritten rule. Like you cannot show any emotion on a job because for one, if you show any emotion. Whoever that boss or manager is, or whatever the case is, they're gonna use that against you all mm-hmm. the time. That's another thing that a lot of people, you know, in 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 society don't think about as well. Is if you show that bit of weakness, they will attack you every single time with that same tactic. So that's also another thing too, as well, within the workplace and in social uh, in not social media, but the work workplace and mental health. Do you feel that? like the pressure of like knowing that I'm the man I should be the sole provider like do you think that causes like men in general to boggle up a lot of their mental problems and not talk about it correct yeah and and I think it's because they don't want anybody to be like why he why is he like showing this emotion why it goes back once again to society why is he showing this emotion? Why is he, you know, concerned? Why they want to be the sole provider? Man, we want to be looked at as as strong, respectable, you know, guys that can handle our business. And we don't show any emotion. Once again, especially going into the workplace thing, we don't show any emotion in that. So when you're basically, let's just say it, probably in nine out of ten, the head of the household, you can't really show to really, especially anybody in your household that you're struggling with something mentally mm-hmm. and already it's the odds are against us because of society so it's kind of like a lose-lose situation in a way to where men feel like they cannot express themselves because of the pressure and the burden of having to be the head of the household the head of the decisions a lot of people can say you can't make decisions when you're emotional or anything like that so you have to take all that in consideration as well hmm. wow well, um, you hit everything on the nail, and I guess um, I just want to know, do you have any closing remarks in regards to, you know, maybe suggestions for how women can support their significant others that are males, you know, when they're going through a mental health crisis from a male perspective? Yeah, I think for women, man, just be patient. That's one thing that you got to do is if you're there for them and you're going to support them, be patient. Don't ridicule them because their mental health, it's a day-to-day challenge. Mm-hmm. I mean, one day you can be feeling great and the next day you're like, oh, I, I just don't feel good mentally. So I would say to people that the most important thing, especially with women to like their husbands or boyfriends or significant others, whatever, just be patient with them. Understand that they're going through something that is really fragile and also as well can alter at any minute. So I think that's also another thing is just, just be there for them, show them that you care, show them that you're supportive and it don't matter as long as they are in that slump or that mental slump, you have to be patient and just really understand and let them know that you're there for them because if they feel like they're fighting this battle by themselves, mm-hmm. it's it's not going to be good. Uh, like, I, there's no telling what's next. Like I, I hate to be that vulgar, but that's just the truth. There's no telling what's next. So 
you want to be open and you want to make sure you're not ridiculing them or anything like that for feeling the way they feel. Make sure that they're, you know, just show that you're there for them. That's the main thing. And, you know, just show that, you know, you're not a counselor. Let them know that you're not a counselor, but be there for them and let them know you might need to seek some professional help. And, you know, I'll be there for you every step of the way. So just showing that stability of being able to be, you know, there for them and showing that, you know, you're not in this alone. That'll help, you know, from coming from a woman to a men's perspective. Now, I got to ask one final personal question. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, because I'm sure there are other wives and girlfriends and significant others that, that have this question as well. How can we like open up the floor in a sense of them talking to us? You know, you always hear that quote, if you see something, say something. And mm-hmm. there are times where, you know, a man may be getting quiet. He might be a mm-hmm. little snappy, might be a little distant. Mm-hmm. You know, what are some ways as a woman that we could kind of like open up the floor to let them know if you need to talk, I'm here. It's okay to talk to me. I'm glad you brought that up before we leave because that's something that we do. A man nine times 10 is not going to come out and tell you why he's being quiet that day. Why is he being snappy? And most of the time, it's because of things that's in his mind, his mental health. Mm-hmm. And he's not coming out and telling you. So I think sometimes you just have to sit down and just say, hey, I want to talk to you. I noticed that, you know, you've been a little snappy here lately or you've been showing me these tendencies. Hey, what's wrong? Let's have a talk about it. What's been going on? Just try to have a deep dive into kind of, you kind of got to investigate a little bit, but you don't want to seem like you're just trying to question them, but you also want to kind of investigate just to make sure that you, that you're showing them that you care about them for Mm -hmm. one and also showing them that, you know, it's okay to open up to me because as significant other, that's one thing that has to be communicated is you have to be able to open up. Mm -hmm. And and, And I think that just comes down with sit down talks, not getting mad at them because at first they may be like, oh, nothing's wrong with me, nothing's wrong with me. <laughs> but you have to really just say, hey, how's this going? How's that going? Ask some questions. And then eventually, most of the time when men see that you're asking questions and you're concerned, they're more than likely going to go on ahead and open up to you. Wow. And when they open up to you, you have to receive that the right way. You can't be condescending. You can't take it the wrong way. You just have to take in whatever they say mm-hmm. because at that point, as long as they're not disrespecting you, obviously, but, um, you know, take in what they say and just kind of, you know, go from there with it because we don't know. The significant other could be a part of the mental health problem. <laughs> we don't know. So, I mean, I'm just being honest. Like, I'm just being completely Tony honest. Said, like, Y'all so, out here driving your man crazy. Yeah, it, it could be a part of it. So, that's why I said I think you just have to sit down, listen to them, have a, a real a grown adult conversation and then find out okay what are the issues how can we make the situation better mm-hmm. how can i help you is there any way i could be a service to you also as well and vice versa for men too like we also as well if our women is going through anything we have to make ourselves like how can we help how can we be more you know as a service to you because a lot of times when you think of a service to somebody you always think the woman is being a service to the man but it should actually be vice versa both should be doing it. Uh, both should be being a service to each other when they're in their times of need. So that would be kind of my thing to say at that point. Well, I want to go ahead and wrap it up with um, if anybody is listening to this podcast that 
is struggling with some internal things. Um, you know, if you're stressed out, if you're going through a lot, if you just need somebody to talk to, or you know someone who needs to go talk to someone and they voice that to you, um, please just be open that there are so many different options for you. Um, you can go see a counselor. I know a lot of people that see counselors and they say that is the best money I've ever spent. And, um, you know, nowadays they don't even necessarily have like in, you know, in appointment places where you have to go. You can actually chat online. They can do walking therapy sessions with you where you walk around a park or a track and talk. You know, they can um, text you, call you, FaceTime, Skype. Um, and then also, and this is not at all an ad, but um, there is other online help called betterhelp.com where they can link you with other counselors because we want everybody to be healthy in their right that is the most important thing your health is your wealth well Mm -hmm. thank you tony so much for tuning in and thank you for coming we really appreciate you and um, we will have to check out your podcast again on talks with tea time thank you so much for coming today no thank you i appreciate it chelsea bye have a good one